Welcome to another place and time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Hello everybody and welcome to Dead or Survive. I am your host, the only one that counts, Rob Riches. And I am the host <laughs> that this <laughs> podcast would disappear if I did. Only Cheryl, because you do the editing. Well, <laughs> that's a big part of it. I could hire an editor. Uh-huh. You couldn't hire somebody to do all of the stories with the enthusiasm and charisma that I have. I know. I could get somebody better. <laughs> <laughs> They'd probably research the stories. <laughs> Quit your shit. What? <laughs> You're swearing already? I'll have to warn you guys. She's been a little feisty all day today. She's been swearing and yelling at the dogs. And I, I haven't been yelling at them. You yelled at the dogs. No. I just told them to leave me alone for five minutes. Just five minutes. That's all I wanted. You yelled at the dogs. I yelled at you. I said, you do something with them. That's what happened. It's because they leave me alone. <laughs> do you know why they leave me alone? Because I set boundaries with the dogs. <laughs> you don't set boundaries. And then you coddle them. Oh, poor little puppies. Oh, That's because they're my babies. Well, then, why do you think they act that way? It's the same with the children. If you just told the children to go away, <laughs> they'd stop harassing you. Whatever. But you don't. So they call you. That's why they don't call me. Yeah, I kind of like having the children call me. Oh. That's a thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, do you want to tell the big news? Yeah. Do you want to tell it? Well, this is her 45th episode. Is this what we're, where we're going, right? Yes. So. Why do I have to tell you yes? You know. <laughs> okay. Because I didn't know, like. Is there anything else big we got to talk about? I don't know. Is there? You tell me. I don't remember anything. Oh, yeah. Ever. This podcast <laughs> would fall apart without her. Right? Just completely fall apart without her. Okay. I don't know. Tell me. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we have our 50th episode coming up. 50 times you've listened to us. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we thought we should do something special for our 50th. So we're not going to record that day and give you the week off. No. Oh. We're going to do a contest. A contest? Yeah. Do you want to take it from here? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you would like to reach out to us on Instagram or at our email address at deadersurvivepodcast at gmail.com or our Facebook Messenger. Or use Facebook Messenger. Send us your name and a way to contact you. And on our 50th episode, we will do a live draw and see who wins. A well, it won't be live. It'll be well, we'll record it yeah. on our air. I guess yeah. it won't be live. Well, I'll be doing it live. I won't be dead doing it. <laughs> We're not doing a live episode. We are not prepared to do a live episode. I think I could do a live episode. <laughs> okay. On our 50th episode, we will draw one of those names and you will win a Yeti with our logo on it. And we will send it to you. However, the little catch is, throughout our next five episodes, 
we will give you a keyword. Yeah, so you have to include the keyword. So you would have to put your name, a way to contact you, and the keyword in, or one of the keywords. There will be five different keywords. Yeah, you can enter up to five times, right? Once per week. So once per week with the keyword. With the keyword. And then if your name is drawn, we will send you a Yeti. Yeah, so that's our I don't know if that's exciting or not. (laughs) But for us, we thought it was pretty exciting. Yep. So if there's anybody out there that, you know, maybe there's people out there that you don't know that would need a Yeti, maybe you should get them to listen to our podcast. Yep. Yep. They only have to listen to it five times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't be giving people the keyword. Don't be like, hey, enter this contest. This is the keyword. Yeah. We're trusting you. Make them listen to yeah. us. <laughs> don't just punish yourself. <laughs> uh, on a little more serious note. We had a few of our listeners reach out to us about uh, Kiki, so I just wanted to say thank you for that. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, she still plays on our mind every once in a while. Um, as days go by, things get a little easier, But and I know it's weird to be attached to puppies, but that's why I'm going to attach to the three here now. I just let them, Cheryl, deal with them, because <laughs> they, someday they will leave You are me. attached to them. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you for that. How's your week been? Oh. I haven't really seen you a lot this week. Uh, yeah, well, there was work, and then yesterday I took my mom out for her birthday. Oh, how old is your mama now? Mama Wilson, she's... You're not going to say that on here, are you? She's... You're actually going to give her age out, were you? She's... My God, you were going to tell everybody she's 73. (laughs) How could you do that? (laughs) How could you tell everybody her age? (laughs) You just did it. My God, that is so rude. You don't want women... Women don't want people to know their age. Yeah, so anyways, I picked her up and we went to the movies and we went to the landmark. So we had the whole reclining seat thing. Oh, and tell our lovely audience, which (laughs) what a a woman of 73 and 47 (laughs) went to see. My age. Went to see. I didn't. (laughs) You you didn't tell me your real age. No, I'm not 47. I know. I know these things, but now keep going and I'm going to tell them. Okay. For a minute, I thought I was. <laughs> you don't even know how old you are. So what's the matter if I tell people? Okay. Listen. You won't even know. I couldn't take her to see Avatar because. My... I took you to see Avatar. Right. But because I, still... I love my wife. That's and I sat true. through two and a half hours of not hours. Marvel. It was like three hours. Three hours okay. of not Marvel movies or anything to do with Batman because Anyways. I love my wife. I would have taken her to see Avatar because I know she really likes it, but my brother already called dibs. So there's like, I don't know. There's like just tell me what you went and saw. Horror movies. Just tell me what you went and saw. Choose from. She went and watched a cartoon. Okay, a 73 year old woman and a they went and watched Puss in Boots. It was good. A cartoon. <laughs> it was fun. You had the whole theater to yourself, no, didn't we you? No, didn't. There was a lot of children. A lot of <laughs> a children. A lot of children. But it was fun. We had fun. Oh, my God. Did Jamie think like you guys were pedophiles or something? Or you were going to steal kids? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. They <laughs> didn't give off that weird look. Like, uh, where's your kids? <laughs> oh, it's just us. Come here, honey. Stay away from those people. <laughs> They're crazy. They didn't say so if they did. But did they give you the look? I wasn't looking at the people. What were you looking at? The movie. Well, people watch till the movie starts. They have all those like 
you know, questions like this guy did this. Is it A, B, C, or D? So yeah. it was, I was entertained by the screen before the movie. So you couldn't watch everybody profile you? No, didn't mm. care. Didn't care. <laughs> didn't care. I don't care. I have four children. I'm not going to steal yours because I do not want to start over. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I took my mother out yes. and did age-appropriate things. Yeah, like wandering around antique markets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I scored some new Batman stuff. My fun was much more fun. You think so? I think so. I bet you your mom would have rather hung out with me. She might have liked antique markets. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I took my mama out and we did some antique markets. We went to a, a new one in uh, Elmer, Ontario that just opened up. It's pretty cool. It's got some good stuff going on. Um, also, I found a guy to make us some dead or survive pens that my wife and I are arguing about. You guys can weigh in on this argument, actually. So I got these pens made. They have our logo on it. And to make it look a little more balanced, I took the ore out. So it you says, took the ore out. That's not what you told me. Well, he took the ore out to make it balanced. He said, do you care if the ore is in there or not? And I said, no, I don't yeah, care. So it says dead survive. Right. But they're pens. They say dead survive. They got our logo on them. But my wife's like, has to have ore. And yeah, I don't get I that. I said, that's fine for this batch. Next batch, we have to put the ore in. That's not our podcast name dead survive dead or survive dead, dead survive or i mean survive. really i googled it first our, our name still comes up if you put in dead survive podcast but it means two totally different things dead survive or dead or survive anyways our first hundred pens will be that way and we'll call them the rob collection <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we'll have the cheryl collection all right <laughs> So if you want a Cheryl collection, you're waiting a couple of months. If you want a Rob collection, they'll be available starting next week. <laughs> Let me know. There are mixed colors of orange, blue, and black and yellow. And they have a stylist on the end. Yeah, they are nice looking pens. Of course they're nice looking. Mm -hmm. you just upset about the ore. Anyways. Uh, yes. So then we went to another place up by London, Ontario. We went to two places in London, Ontario, and then we went out for a little din-din. So it was good times. Good times held by all. Yeah. I got a new shirt. I bought you some presents that you just threw and discarded. You didn't even care. Whatever. I did not discard them. But we should probably... We're, oh, we're supposed to do a story? We're, we should probably do our podcast. People are like fast-forwarding right now. Probably not. They're probably like, this is inter <laughs> This is probably more interesting than Cheryl's story. Let's listen to Whatever. that. Whatever. <laughs> all right. I guess this is where we stop. Do you have a story for us? I you don't do. even have anything set up. I do. I'm watching you. Well, just I watched her today. Mind yourself. Throw her headset on her computer and put letters all the way across it. <laughs> and then she blames me. <laughs> Somehow, sitting across the room, I made her computer. Because I came back to the laptop and there was just 10,000 W's. <laughs> <laughs> It was so fun. I watched it all happen. I didn't stop it. I watched it. Anyways, do you have a drink? I do, yep. Oh, that's right, because you got a whole batch of wine you made, didn't yep. you? Yep, and I still got, like, so many bottles, so don't even go So, there. Many, so bottles, many bottles, like hell. Like 25-plus bottles. Out of 31 mm -hmm. from a week. It's been two. It's been one. It's been two. Mm-hmm. You know it has now. Regardless, that's way too much. Okay. I have all my Jack Daniels down there, so I haven't drank any of it. You don't drink. 
<laughs> so what does that say about our relationship when I'm when I drink and you don't? That I'm way more fun without alcohol. <laughs> I can be heck? myself. <laughs> I don't have to enhance uh, no, myself with drugs. Like, maybe I'm drinking the alcohol to deal. Oh, you don't need to. Maybe so you didn't do this till we met. <laughs> okay, carrying on. <laughs> <laughs> Because I got some pretty good stories <laughs> of before we met. Okay. Okay. You got your story? I do. You got your drink? Mm-hmm. Let her rip potato chip. Okay. I'm going to tell you about Jennifer Shewitt. Uh, this is a bad story. So this is your trigger. Here we go. It's bad. Like, I had a hard time with it. So this is your trigger warning. If you have, like, literally any triggers, you probably don't want to listen to this episode. Or fast forward to past me. But... For those who want to stick around, I'm going to tell you about Jennifer Shewitt. Okay, I'm fast forwarding. You can't. Why? I have triggers. Well, I'm going to start drinking after this episode. (laughs) Okay, we're in the summer of 1990. Jennifer is eight years old, and she's just finished the second grade. She loved life. She loved school, and she was a good kid. Second grade. Second grade, yeah. I'm already hating it. Yeah, you probably should. Jennifer lived with her single mom in an apartment complex, and she was afraid of the dark, so she would frequently sleep in her mother's bed. On August 9th, 1990, that's where she was, in her mom's bed, but on this night, she was covered in mosquito bites, so she was itchy and restless, and she kept kicking her mother in her sleep. So Jennifer's mom said, Jennifer, you keep kicking me and I have to work in the morning. Can you please just go and sleep in your own bed? And Jennifer said, just because I love you, mom, I'm going to sleep in my own room tonight. So she left her mom's room and went into her own. She had a big lamp in her room and she turned it on and it lit up her whole room. And it was really, really bright. She couldn't sleep right away. So she spent time counting all of the change in her piggy bank and reading some books. And the last time that she looked at her uh, clock. It was just past 2 a.m. and then she fell asleep. The next thing that she remembers, she was waking up in the arms of a man that she didn't know. He was running with her, carrying her down the sidewalk. She immediately tried to scream, but he covered her nose and mouth. He took her into his car and had her sitting in his lap while he was driving. He held her there and tried to calm her down. He kept telling her that everything was going to be okay, that he was an undercover police officer. And Jennifer was a kid, so she wanted to believe him. She'd always been taught that police officers were good and should be trusted. But she was conflicted because she had also been taught about stranger danger. Stranger danger. Yeah. Well, this is the 90s, right? No, 80s. Where were we here? You said 90s. Uh, 1990. Oh, yeah. See? I was paying attention. (laughs) Um. So the part of her that was scared of the dark knew that there was something really wrong here. And this guy told her that he was going to take her somewhere where her mother would meet them. But while they were driving around, because that's what they were doing, they were just driving around town, they drove past her grandparents' house. And Jennifer said, well, just drop me off at my grandparents' house. They're right there. But the guy said, I can't. They aren't home. Jennifer knew that he was lying because both the cars had been in the driveway. And at this point, she knew for sure that she had been kidnapped. Kidnapped. Not good. No. She was very afraid of what would happen next, and he pulled into the parking lot of her elementary school. He offered her candy, but she refused. He told her to watch the moon, and when the moon changed colors, her mother would be there to pick in the parking lot to pick her up. She still held up hope that her mother was going to show up, but it didn't happen. 
After a little while, he said, well, your mom's not coming, and he started up the car. They drove a few blocks to a dead-end gravel road, and they pulled into an overgrown field. At this point, of course, Jennifer was in full panic mode. The whole time that they had been driving, he had been telling Jennifer that there was a gun in the back seat. At this point, he asked Jennifer if she could reach into the back seat to get the gun. So Jennifer started leaning into the back to look for the gun. And this is when he ripped off her clothes and raped her. What is wrong with people? I don't know. I especially hate this guy. Like, I've hated a lot of guys, but I really just especially hate this guy. My God. Um, during the assault, he choked her four times. The fourth time that he choked her, she passed out. When she woke up, she was being dragged across the overgrown field. She was fa- when, But when she woke up, he was facing the other way, so she closed her eyes and played dead. She didn't want him to know that she was awake because she didn't want him to hurt her again. He dragged her to a spot that was just off of a pathway, and he sliced her throat. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then he left. But when he left, he left her on top of a fire ant nest. She was afraid that he would come back if he knew that she was alive. So she just had to lay there while all of those fire ants were biting and stinging her. Jesus. Yeah. When she was pretty sure that he was gone, she tried to scream, but nothing came out because her vocal cords had been severed. And how much blood loss does she must have? Lots and lots of blood loss. And she could barely move. She couldn't lift her head. She 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 could hardly move her legs, but she used all of her strength to throw her hand up to her throat because she wanted to see what was going on there. And that's when she found that there was a huge gaping wound on her throat. Jennifer began to pray, and she started going in and out of consciousness. And eventually it became light outside. So, and the fire ants kept biting her and stinging her, but um, I wonder if that was part of the reason that she didn't just go to sleep forever, if they kept kind of waking her back up, because she kept waking up and then falling back asleep. Okay, so let's go back to Jennifer's home where her mother Elaine is waking up in the morning. She called for Jennifer, but of course she didn't answer. Elaine looked in Jennifer's room and saw that she wasn't there, but the lights were on and the windows were open. She immediately called the police. The police arrived at the scene. They quickly realized that this wasn't a runaway case, so they went on a hunt for Jennifer right away. Well, that's good, because most of the time they go, well, it has to be 24 hours or... Or maybe she's a runaway. That's what they always jump to, especially back then. Like, there were a lot of cases, a lot, a lot of cases where they didn't investigate immediately because they thought that the child had run away. So good on this police department. Yeah. Um, They decided it was best that they go ahead and try to assemble the fire department and any volunteers that would be willing to come and search some of the fields nearby. But as it turns out, that wouldn't be necessary. Because in the fields, besides where, beside where Jennifer was laying, dying, some children were playing tag. Jennifer could hear the children playing tag, but there, there was nothing she could do about it. She, could, like, she knew that help was right there, but she couldn't scream. She couldn't do anything to get their attention. But then she felt something hit her foot. One of the kids had tripped over her. The kid was understandably freaked out. She called the other kids over, and they ran to the closest child's apartment to tell his mom. And when the, when the kid was running in to tell his mom, he like, they were in such a panic mode, he actually fell into the door 
And he started screaming, we found a body, we found a body. The mother ran outside to see what they were talking about. And then when she found Jennifer, she called the police. When Jennifer woke up again, there was a police officer kneeling next to her. He told her, you've been found. You're going to be okay. Just please stay with me. Please stay with me. And this is when I started to cry when I was doing my research. But her throat had been cut from ear to ear. Jesus. Yeah. She was put into a life flight helicopter and airlifted to the hospital. And she was rushed into surgery. When she got out of surgery and stabilized, she had police guarding her room. There was 24-7 police presence because they were afraid that this guy would find out that he didn't finish the job and he knew that Jennifer had seen him, so they were afraid that he was going to come back and try to finish it. Right. Yeah. Doctors weren't sure if Jennifer would ever be able to speak again or ever have children because of the rape. Jennifer was terrified of all of the male medical staff. She even kicked a doctor in the stomach because she wanted him away from her. And of course, the police wanted to catch this guy, but they wanted to let Jennifer recover a little bit before they started bombarding her with questions. So they started doing their investigation elsewhere at the scene of the crime. And they called in the FBI because of her young age. And Good. Yeah. They fingerprinted her room and her window and they started canvassing the area for evidence. At the site where Jennifer was found, they used a UV light to look for evidence. They found tiny microscopic cotton fibers in the area, and they discovered clothing in a ditch a few blocks from the scene of the crime. What they found were Jennifer's pajama top and her underwear, and they were wrapped inside a man's blue shirt and underwear. They found a small semen stain in the man's underwear. But it's 1990, and DNA is just starting to become a thing. So if it had just been the, like, the local police, they wouldn't have been able to do anything with the DNA. But because the FBI was involved, they sent the sample to Quantico for analyzing. Good job. Yeah. Catch the bastard. Yeah. But at the time, they needed the si- a sample size about the size of a quarter, and they didn't have that. It was much smaller. So they weren't able to get any DNA from the sample, but they were able to get his blood type they found two pubic hairs in the men's underwear and they didn't know whether they should process it right away and try that to get the DNA or hold on to it and wait until they had a suspect that they could pair it against. And that's what they decided to do was the latter. It's probably good. Cause if you need that much DNA, right? If you take it in yeah. it gets destroyed, then that, you got it would nothing be gone right? forever. Yeah. Um, Jennifer was starting to get stronger, but she couldn't speak. But she was eager to share what she knew with the police. So she started communicating by writing things down for the police. Things were complicated, not only because she was weak, but she was eight. So she, because of her writing skills, they had to sometimes try and work out the things that she was actually trying to say to them. So her first note read, I was asleep. The man opened the window and grabbed me. Jennifer was asked to describe the man. She wrote that he wore glasses and had a black mustache. He was white. He had a few tattoos. One of his tattoos was green, and she thought he was in his 30s. They asked what kind of a car he drove, and she said, wrote, rather, two doors, a bluish yucky color. Like, she's eight. <laughs> like, yucky yeah, color. Like no baby. shit, it's yucky. <laughs> but good for getting into the 30s. Yeah, yeah. If that's how old he turned out to be, I mean. Well, 
she wrote that he had a scar on his face. Like she really paid attention to what was going on in here. She also wrote that there were Bud Light beer cans in the car and Marlboro cigarettes, the red and white kind. Like she paid attention. Good for her. When the police asked the girl where she had been taken, she drew a map of the elementary school. Then she described the attack and being dragged to the field. But then she remembered something else and she wrote, he said his name was spelt. And then she, she spelt out D-I-N-N-E-S-E. So the police were trying to figure out. And Dennis. Somebody finally said Dennis and she said yes. How do you not get Dennis out of that? I don't, D-I, I don't know. It threw them off. If you actually look at it written down, because when I listened to a podcast, I thought the same thing. But when I looked at it written down, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, write it down. <laughs> um, D-I-N-N-E-S-E. Okay, I get Denise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I tell you, I should have been a cop. For you out there wondering, I was actually going to go through for a police officer, but life got in the way. (laughs) Police knew that this man was planning on killing Jennifer, so they thought there was a very good chance that he may have given her his real name. The next thing the police did was bring in a sketch artist. Elementary school. They tried to be one of her teachers. I'm not going to tell you anything until the end. Son of a bitch. Um... They brought in a sketch artist. Aren't they horrible? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of guess. I got to try to figure it out. <laughs> and Jennifer described the man for the sketch. But if it was one of her teachers, she would know who it was. Oh, well, maybe just a teacher from the school, but she didn't have him yet. I don't yeah, know. Yes. It just seemed odd to go to an elementary public school parking I think lot. They, because it was empty for sure at that time of the day. Okay. And it's the middle of summer. Okay. Um. Jennifer described the man for the sketch, and this little girl did such a good job. A poster was made with the sketch, the name Dennis, and a description of the car. Like, you would think, they're going to get him, like, automatically, right away. They've got all this information, but they didn't. They had leads come in from all over the county, but none of them led anywhere. Soon after this, Jennifer began to be able to speak again, so it was a little miracle. And she was able to tell Dexter detectives in more detail what happened that night and her family jokes that once she started talking again she never stopped (laughs) it took jennifer months of rehab to recover but she was back in school with the rest of her classmates for third grade police were always present at the school because the community was obviously terrified somebody had been taken from their bed and they tried to kill her right and so was jennifer she was afraid of all men But eventually, the case went cold. And as years passed, with the attack always at the back of Jennifer's head, she graduated high school, went to college, and eventually got a job as a children's librarian at a local public library. And she met her boyfriend, Jonathan, who was really supportive and became her biggest cheerleader. That's how things stayed until 2008, 18 years later. At this point, the FBI decided to open up this cold cold case. They were concerned because of the assailant's profile that he might be out there doing this to other victims. They called Jennifer and asked her to work with them. And she did. She always did. Anytime anybody called her and asked her anything, she was always willing to help. Good for her. Yeah. Because you're right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a, this guy never got caught. He could be out there and he's thinking that he's getting away with it right, and stuff, yeah. right? Now we're 18 years. 18 years, yeah. 
Jesus. They pulled out all of the old evidence and they were happy to find that it was not only still there, but it was perfectly preserved. Good job again. Yeah. Whatever police department, what police department is this? I don't remember. <laughs> where was she? Where is she? Uh, where did I say? This is way back at the, I can't scroll up. Right? Anyways, <laughs> shout out to that police department. Good job, yes. guys. There's some out there. I know I give police a rough time and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get no, it, they did. They did a really, really good job. Really good job. Whoever you are. <laughs> I'll tell you later at the end. She won't. She'll forget. <laughs> forget. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, now I've lost my spot. Okay. Well, then you might as well find out who the police department is. <laughs> I'm going to pause. Okay. Okay, I'm back. So they were in Dickinson, Texas. So it was the Dickinson, Texas Police Department that did such a good job. Good job. Good job. Okay. They sent the evidence to Quantico. They had, and they made an aged progress sketch of what he would look like today. And again, they asked the public for help, thinking that it had been so long, maybe somebody knew something at the time, but they were afraid to come forward. But now it's been 18 years, so maybe they would come forward now. I just really, really hope, and I know I'm interrupting your story again, that this prick is not dead. I'm just going to tell you the story, and you just got to <laughs> sit back and buckle in and listen. <laughs> if he's dead, I'm going to be so upset. Um, but no, so they again, they got all kinds of leads. Nothing led anywhere. But Quantico got back to them in September of 2009. The, so before they couldn't use this the semen stain because there wasn't enough evidence or there wasn't enough of a sample. Now, in 2009, they used the sweat from the waistband of his underwear, and they got a hit. They entered his the DNA profile into CODIS, and they found him. And his name was indeed Dennis. Dennis Earl Bradford. Dennis had been arrested in 1997 on a kidnapping charge in Hot Springs, Arkansas. So he moved from Texas to Arkansas. He had sexually assaulted a woman he met at one of the local bars. According to court documents, Dennis choked and beat her in the head, after which he dragged her into the woods and then he raped her after threatening her with a knife to her throat. Well, he told the woman he, that he would kill her. But later he let the woman go. But does that sound familiar? Like, a little familiar. A little bit familiar. Listen to this shit. He was sent to prison and he was sentenced to 12 years. Guess how many years he served? Three. Three. Three years. He was released after three years for good behavior. So Dennis had been living his life like none of this had ever happened. He had been married twice. He had two children with his first wife who divorced him after his arrest. And then when he got out of prison, Dennis remarried and he was working as a welder in Little Rock, Arkansas. He was currently 40 years old, which meant that at the time that he attacked Jennifer, he was only 20. The police had to investigate. Obviously, they had to cross all their T's or, yeah, and dot all their I's. I thought I said it backwards for a second, but you know what I mean, to make sure that he was actually in the area at the time that Jennifer was attacked. And it turns out that he was living very close to Jennifer's apartment complex at that time. And when they pulled up his driver's license from the time of the assault, the detective said, I've never seen a composite drawing so close to the actual suspect. And then from a young child who had just been through that experience, it's unbelievable. He said it was almost as if Lewis Gibson had a drawing based, a sketch based on his driver's license photo. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. for her. Yeah, it was that accurate. 
So they got a warrant for his arrest and pulled him over at a traffic light. They brought him in for questioning and they asked him, you ever heard the name Jennifer Shewitt? And he answered yes. He said that he remembered the story and seeing the signs back in Dickinson about her being abducted and praying for her. Praying for yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. They asked, did you ever have occasion to come in contact with her? And again, he answered yes. They asked him to tell them about that, and he said no. They asked why he didn't want to talk about that, and he answered, you did your homework. And after talking with him a little while longer, he gave a confession. The detective said something about Jennifer being alive, and he started crying some bullshit tears, saying, oh my God, she's alive, which is garbage. He had to have known. I just hate this guy. The, the interview went viral. You might have seen it. People have probably seen it. He said he didn't know why he pulled up into those apartments, that he was just driving around one night and he randomly pulled into a parking lot. He walked over to Jennifer's window. It was open and he could see in because the light was on. But because her room was so brightly lit up and it was dark out, he could see everything that she was doing, but she couldn't see him. How creepy is that? It is creepy. <clears throat> and it's creepy that she's eight. Yeah. He confessed to everything. I was going to put the interview in the podcast, but he plays the victim and I hate him. And I don't, I don't want to give him the satisfaction of having his side of the story read. So if you really want to read the interview, then go read it. This guy's a monster. Shortly after his attack on Jennifer, he attempted suicide. He was using a shotgun and just as he pulled the trigger at the last second, he moved his head. He ended up blowing a hole into the roof of his dad's house. So he was transported to the hospital for an evaluation. And he ended up in the same hospital that Jennifer was recovering in. Oh, come on. Yeah, right? And he didn't know that she was still alive. Come on. <clears throat> Anyways. Not only that, think about the police presence in that hospital yeah. and doing it and then that going on, eh? Yeah. Wow. They called Jennifer to tell her that they finally caught this guy and she was obviously very happy and she was looking forward to her day in court so that she could finally face him. She told police, no matter what happens, please don't let him kill himself. She wanted to tell him what he had done to her life. She said, I remember staying up late, endless nights, trying to perfect my victim impact statement, writing and erasing and writing again and erasing again, just trying to perfect what I wanted to say. I had 19 years of things worth uh, worth of things to say to this person. I wanted to make sure that I relate it in the way that I wanted, but she didn't get to. No. Yep. Come on. Dennis Bradford hung himself in his jail cell. Jennifer was devastated, but on August 10th, 2010, 20 years to the day that she had been attacked, Jennifer went to Dennis's grave and she read her impact statement. And this is her impact statement. Dennis Bradford, I waited 19 years, two months, and three days to find out your last name and for you to be caught. You chose the wrong little 45-pound, eight-year-old girl to try and murder because for 19 years, I've thought of you every single day, and I've helped in searching for you. In my heart, I knew you were out there, alive, either in prison or living a lie. And now, I know listening to my heart, all of these years... And never giving up on finding you, I was right. She read that at his grave. Nice. And then she turned to her now husband and said, I wonder if he's hearing me. 
And then a single fire ant bit her on the leg. (laughs) (laughs) And she took that as a sign from God that he heard her loud and clear. Two years after that, Jennifer became pregnant with their first child. So Dennis didn't take that from her. And later on, she had a second child. Jennifer is now a fierce advocate for other crime survivors. She remains close to those who have helped her through her darkest chapter of her life. Nice. And that is the story of Jennifer Shewitt. Terrible story. Kick-ass girl. Like the fire ant. <laughs> yeah. I like how it wound it all up at the end. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You yeah, haven't told one of those in a long time. It was bad. They get to me. <laughs> yeah. I hate them. <laughs> Makes me want to just go out and start shooting people. Well, and I hate when they don't get, they don't have to face justice. I know. Well, he was too much of a coward, right? He knew, like, can, yeah, he was a coward. Plain well, and simple. he would have got his ass kicked in jail too, right? Yeah. But, yeah, he would have. But the point is that he should have. Yep. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't Can you imagine know. he's fathered two children? Yeah, what do the kids think about that? Know. Like, like that's so much devastation to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how much contact he had with his kid. You know, his kids probably thought, well, you know, because she separated from him, right? But yeah. did he still up and see him? Was he paying right. child? Like, was he a decent dad to them? Like, I, yeah, I, like I don't know. I, I well, I know. No I'm just. It's all rhetorical. It's just. Yeah. You know, and, and if he had been that way, right? But. Like you said, how much has he changed? And then there's those people out there that they have their whole life, but they do all that stuff on the side. Like yeah, like they and, just and, keep doing it. Yeah. yeah well, and, and it don't... sounds like he, like we only know of the time he got arrested and caught, right? Right. We don't know what he was doing. Like, what did he get away with? Yeah. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I hate it. I hate it. But on the happier side, nobody was buried alive. So I guess <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> you let me off the hook on that one. <laughs> So this is where my story would start, but if you had listened earlier in the beginning, we're going to give you a secret. We're going to give you a secret word that you have to send into us, and you'll never guess who thought of the word because the secret word is wine. <laughs> w i n e, yep. not w h i n e. Wine. Wine. I think I'll have a sip. Oh boy. <laughs> I guess you guys will never know who picked the word today. <laughs> to be honest with you, I wanted to go with supercalifragilisticexpialidocious just because I wanted to see spelling. That was actually a real thing. He did suggest it. <laughs> and she's like, no, wine. <laughs> oh, all right then. So again, if you want to get entered into that draw, what do you have to do? You can email, you can DM on Instagram, or you can send on Messenger your name the keyword and a way to contact you yeah absolutely and then that way we can get a hold of you or we can send you back if it's through messenger or 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 email and stuff obviously we can email you back if it's on facebook though i guess we can can get in touch with them yeah i just don't want people to get their addresses and stuff out but anyways send it in shot of the yeti with our dead or survive logo on it. And it will say dead or survive. Yeah, not just dead survive. It'll be a Cheryl edition. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Now we're on to my stories. Yeah. A little bit more lighthearted, I hope. Uh, mine are all death. <laughs> I know, but they usually still make us like, I don't know. They're just not so dark. So here we go. This, actually, the one of them's kind of dark. Oh. 
the first Good two thing aren't. You with a dad joke, I guess. The first two aren't. Okay. The first two. The very first one is a double Darwin. Oh. Double down Darwin. I don't. Th- I was gonna say this is your first, but it's not. Nope, not no. my first. But it. Uh, they are far and few in between. Yeah. On September twenty sixth. A pair of would-be thieves hatched a plan to withdraw, withdraw, I've got quotation marks up in the air, Okay. from an ATM machine. Okay. What are they going to, how are they going to withdraw? Using dynamite. Dynamite. Why use a gun? It's always dynamite. Are you going to hold up an ATM machine with a gun? I don't know. Your guys are stupid. <laughs> it's always Freeze, dynamite. I have a gun, ATM. Spit your cash out. <laughs> <laughs> if you shoot it enough times, maybe you can get. To I the guess, cast. yeah, uh huh. <laughs> and that'll ba bang, ba bang, ba bang, ba bang, ba bang. Never come out. This is what I pictured for your Darwin. They shot it. The bullet deflected. It shot them. The end. Oh well, no, that's not what happened. <laughs> okay, but what they did do was over overestimate the quantity of dynamite needed for the explosion, and the blast demolished the whole building. Oh my God! Where wasn't that on a show? Didn't somebody blow up an ATM with dynamite on one of your shows, like Jessica Jones or something like that? I don't know. I don't remember either. But there was something. There was something like that. So, anyways, they found one, and they so they rushed him to the uh, the rush the the would be burglar to the hospital where he died upon arrival. Uh, they were looking around, looking around for the other one. They figured he must have escaped. Until hours later, they found him at the bottom of the rubble. The so, bottom of the what? Rubble. Oh. So the whole building caved in on him. Because oh, no. he didn't run out fast enough. Oh, no. <laughs> so this, they both died. That's not good. No. And dynamite. Why always dynamite? How, how do you get so many so dynamite? How do so many people get their hands on dynamite? I don't know. I would like to know because I would like I got some <laughs> yeah, uses you're gonna for dynamite. Up, you're gonna end up being one of our Darwin Award winners. This Who? You if you get your hands on dynamite. No. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got some stuff I want to do. I got, I got some stuff that dynamite would be helppful with. I like having windows in the house. <laughs> no, there's just there's a couple tree roots that yeah. I think could go. <laughs> A little dynamite would help. <laughs> hey? Yeah. Just think. Just think. All right. If you don't know how to fix your car, if you're not a mechanic or mechanically inclined or can't read, mm-hmm. please don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. Go to a professional. Because I'll tell you what this guy did. This Johnny mm-hmm. decided that he w- would fix the fuse in his car. So you know, you know those fuses, like not the plug-in ones, but they have the the round, the little round ones that they have in there, the tiny round yeah. fuses. They got the steel up top and the steel on the bottom. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but yeah. they're not the plug-in ones. They're like yeah. the round oval. Yeah, they look like, like an hourglass type thing. Yeah. So one of those blew in his car, underneath. You know, they're underneath the yeah. the console where you sit and drive. Okay. The fuse panels there. So he thought that the best way to fix this was he would put in a. 22 bullet a 0.22 caliber bullet so one of the small like the one of the bullets i have for the handgun yeah one of those little small ones he thought he would stick that in there we have done a little quick job wrapping aluminum foil around one of those suckers to that was around a fuse (laughs) not around a bullet No, I wouldn't use a bullet. He used a bullet. Well, don't you just say that? Well, we kind of did. No, I'm just saying. I understand where he's going with this. 
maybe not a bullet. Get, get yourself some what, Alcan or whatever what is the tinfoil called. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And we use the fuse and that's only because, condu- anyways, we did not do that. First of all, I didn't do it at all. <laughs> Let's just put that out there. Okay. That was your electrician father yeah. and some yeah. of our friends. Okay. I went, Meh, I don't know. So I'm not going to do it, which I would have done in this case, which is why I wouldn't have wound up with a bullet going through my testicles and killing me while driving. Oh, oh no. No, bad idea. Really bad idea. (laughs) Oh, man. Could you imagine that? Crash. And like, must have hit like a major artery and he must have bled out really fast. Oh, I think he crashed the car too. It didn't get into that. It was just. Oh, after that, I stopped reading because I was yeah. hurt. I was sore. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Oh, my God. So the very last one, this is actually kind of a sad one, but it's tough. I mean, and I think it's sad because I have participate participated in activities like this. See? See what? I'm telling you that it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I didn't do it to this level. So a bunch of kids were at a party and and they hopped in the back of a pickup truck and a bunch of them hopped in the back and some hopped up in the cab and they're driving and stuff like that. But while they're out doing all this, they feel like they should steal signs. So they steal all these stop signs and all this other stuff. Don't steal stop signs. That's a bad idea. So I say that, yes, I participate in that, but I used to steal. We used to have really cool signs like duck signs and we actually had some with the Grim Reaper on them and those ones might have come up missing. Not by me. I might have been there watching, but not by me. I might have suggested a faster way to get them down, <laughs> but I didn't do it. Yeah, ramming into them with the truck? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so much quicker. <laughs> Why unscrew them? Just knock them over with the truck. So we got to push far for. Stupid. So much work the other way. Anyways, these kids took all these signs and then they were heading back home or whatever. And they drove right through where they took one of the signs out and got they hit. They actually drove through the where they took it down. Yep. They took it down. They were hit. And they were all killed except for the driver who was to the hospital. But, and yeah, has to live with that for the rest of his life. rest of their life. That's terrible. So That's they, make terrible, the dar- terrible they make the dark. They make the tar. I know. It's. I told you it was a yeah. dark one. Yeah. I told you I was ending on a dark one. Yeah. It sucks. But it also was really stupid, which gives them a Darwin Award. Yeah. And I try to keep them light. But, yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. steal stop signs. No, steal duck signs or snake crossing or turtle crossing. Or don't steal any. Actually, don't steal any. Don't steal signs. <laughs> we we had a um, at our high school. The street name was High Street. The High so Street that, that they, came could, up missing. they could not keep that sign there. Like they'd put a new one up and it would go missing right away. Well, I'm surprised they didn't just change the name of the street. Right? That was like uh, the one that I was saying with the Grim Reaper. Um, they used to go down there and they had a Grim Reaper on this sign because so many people were killed there. And, all, and then they had a flashing light with the Grim Reaper yeah. sign. And then finally, the Grim Reaper sign kept coming up missing. Yeah. So they changed out to big four-way flashing lights and, oh, yeah. and all that stuff, right? Uh, to prevent yeah. people from going through it. And I think it's actually big red lights plus four-way stops now. Like they've really... Because it's in a bad area and it's really hard to see. Anyways, the Grim Reaper sign was not going to stop anybody. The stop sign stayed. Well, there you go. What do you do? Anyways, don't steal signs. Don't steal signs. Especially stop signs and warning signs and yield signs. Yeah. And 
if you are going to play those games and tricks, remember where you took them from so you know you have to stop. I wonder how many signs Slippery When Wet got stolen when Bon Jovi came out with. Oh, yeah. I never thought of that, eh? Yeah. Wow. Anyways. On to our dad joke. It's dad joke time. We're so excited. Actually, did we already thank our audience and tell them what to do and call in with stories and stuff? Um. No, we well, we told them how to get in touch with us, but yeah, we didn't get into that. Anyways, we again, had a really good week. We did. We had a really good week. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah, it was really we good. We really appreciate it. So people must be sharing and telling other people to listen. So thank, thank you. you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. If anybody again has stories or anything they'd like to share with us, you can reach out at debtorsurvivepodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we're on TikTok. And no, we're starting TikTok. Yeah, I am going to start doing some Rob TikTok. Responsibility. I am going to start TikTok. Yes. I don't know how yet. I've got some people I'm going to talk to. I'm going to figure it out. And then I'm going to be ticketed talked Tickety talked. Tickety So that's upcoming. Okay. Soon. Now, now. Bad joke time. What do bubblegum and trains have in common? You choo-choo them. Yes. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> oh, I'm so, I got a really dumb dad joke. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> Fine. Just ruin my dad joke. Everybody else out there enjoyed you ruining my dad joke, and I'm done. I'm out. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Dead or Survive. Bye.